Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week is the final week of our Patreon Patron Appreciation Month. That's right, all the films this month have been suggested directly by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your excellent suggestions. The fourth and final film, as suggested by them, is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. That's right, it's a recent film we're having a look at and uh, hopefully should be quite fun. Joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Ellen Sears. How are you, Ellen? I'm great, but you got my name wrong. What do you mean I got your name wrong? What could have possibly happened since we last spoke? You know what happened. Oh, Use my correct wrong. title, please. Sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm very pleased to announce that for the first time joining us, we have Dr. Ellen Sears. Uh, Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> yes, it's See- finally not confirmed. Yay. I did. <laughs> Poor David's I, like, what? I thought you got married. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought you'd just been like eloped in, in the pandemic season. You're like, well, it's cheaper. <laughs> we can't have gifts anyway. Yeah, that, uh, I, I can't think of anyone in their right mind that would do that, David Cox. Uh, but we'll get to you in just a sec. Um, <laughs> congratulations, Dr. Ellen. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Um, how, how is life as a doctor? Uh, nothing much has really changed, to be entirely honest with you, apart from I don't have the looming specter of my dissertation looming over me anymore. So that's nice. Um, and I had a lot of very excited people messaging me being like, oh my God, congratulations. And lots of people wanted to drink champagne with me, but I can't catch up with anybody in person still at the moment. So it's a bit of a bummer. And hopefully I will be able to graduate in the next round of graduations, but I don't know yet. So we'll see. We'll see. Excellent. Well, at the very least, though, you are now officially conferred and a doctor, uh, joining a surprisingly high amount of doctors on uh, a podcast series uh, that is non-medical. So this is this is actually quite fun. Um, I mean, well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm definitely not a medical doctor. We only have one of them on the podcast Mm -hmm. and it's definitely not me because my 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 PhD was on musical theatre dancing. So, yeah. I have seen your first aid, but if you are actually sick, don't come and talk to me because I will not be able to <laughs> probably help you. All right. That has been clarified. Uh, David, I'm you are the least qualified person on this podcast. I, I haven't got my qualifications <laughs> yet, so you're okay. You uh, well, I mean, I feel like, you know, you're a bit still. I, I only have a bachelor degree. So. Yeah, but you can do stuff that both of us cannot do. Mm. So. I mean, most Stephen qualified has a film in what? Degree as well. Yeah, but does he use it? Aside Do from this I podcast. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one uses their film degree right now. That's I a mean, very yeah. good point. 
you have not seen Detective Pikachu. Nope. So what are you expecting from this Pokemon film? I have no idea. The last time I watched a Pokemon film was the one with Mewtwo in it when I was like literally a child. So yeah, I know that Catherine Newton is in this. Um, I'm familiar with her work on Supernatural and I know that Ryan Reynolds voices Pikachu. So I think it's going to be fun, but otherwise I have no particular expectations. So I guess we'll see. All right. And- that was that was like, you last saw a Pokemon movie like 20 Pokemon movies ago. Yeah, pretty much. They just churn them out. <laughs> my brother used to um my brother used to play um the original Pokemon games like Red and Blue on PC. Um and I didn't particularly play it, but I play Pokemon Go now. So I my 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 I, I used to watch the TV show as a kid, but I've kind of like dipped my toe in and out of like the Pokemon world and fandom, I guess over the last 20 plus ish years. So yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Mm. And you are currently um, still playing Pokemon Go. I am playing Pokemon Go. I like to play it. My mum likes to go for walks because she's trying to do the fitness thing. And I like, I, I, I went for a walk with her today and I caught a few things and it was good. What was the best thing? Very behind <laughs> on all the stuff. Hey, what was the best thing that you caught? I don't remember. <laughs> Excellent. Memorable. Nothing all exciting. Right. <laughs> Nothing exciting. <laughs> Okay, well, joining us, we've already heard from him. Uh, we've already said his name, but a formal introduction to uh, no qualifications here, David Cox. <laughs> How are you, David? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, David, you've not been on the program in, say, ooh, maybe two months or so. You done anything in, in that time? Um, oh, not much. I've stayed inside a lot. Mm. I got married as well, so that's pretty neat. Yeah. Wait, what? I think you that's got what married? He was alluding to. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Congratulations. Uh, yes, Thank to you. Uh, to fellow uh, podcast guest uh, Anna Sheehy, which I think actually makes it you're the first two regulars on the podcast who have gotten married um, while the podcast while has the, been running thus far. Perhaps even more excitingly, you have seen Pokemon Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yes. I've seen it multiple times. I so, watched ooh. it on, yeah, I watched it uh, in cinemas. And most recently, uh, in my birthday, in, in March, I was like, uh, I shouldn't have like, a, I, was, I was originally planning a picnic and it's going to be Pokemon themed. Um, uh, and then the pandemic hit. And so I was like, let's all just stay inside and watch uh, Detective Pikachu in our respective houses and then talk about it. All right. Well, to uh, yeah. recreate that experience for you today, uh, I'm very glad that we got you here. Um, yeah, what, what? we're going to stay inside and watch Detective Pikachu in our respective houses. Did you bring me a gift uh, <laughs> to ooh. just recreate the birthday vibe? Uh, it's in the post, I swear. Um, <laughs> David, in a vague and spoilery sort of way, uh, what can people like Ellen who have not seen Pokemon Detective Pikachu expect from the film? Um, it's fun. That's, that's like its main thing. Um, Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you can expect Pokemon. You can just expect lots of like Pokemon cameos. Um, like, I don't know how well you you relate to it because you consume far less Pokemon media than me, but like, I just, it's just fun just seeing random Pokemon and just recognizing them on the big screen. 
and being like, oh, cool, I like what they've done with this design, or no, I don't like what they've done with this design when they've transferred into a more realistic element. It's um, prepare to have some polarised opinions about certain Pokemon design. Excellent. All right. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch Pokemon Detective Pikachu? Yes. Sounds good to me. All right, for those of you listening at home, uh, load up those streaming services and prepare to be the very best like no one ever was as we watch Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And by we, I, of course, mean David Cox. Hello. And Dr. Ellen Sears. Hello. So, Dr. Ellen Sears, uh, that was your first time watching Pokemon Detective Pikachu. What did you think? It was really fun, as I thought it probably would be. I think that was the main thing that I guessed it would be. And it was. It's, um, you know what it reminded me of a little bit, like the general vibe was like for me watching it was when I went and saw School of Rock, the musical, and I was like, I know what's going to happen, but I wasn't like, oh God, this is going to happen next. I was like, ooh, I figured out that this is going to happen next. And then it happened. And I was like, yay. So it was one of those things where um, it was sort of playing into expectations, but in a way that felt kind of like fresh and not crap. Because sometimes when you've got stuff that's working on a very specific formula, you're like, eh, I know what's going to happen next and it gets boring. But this was, this, this felt really like fun and fresh. And that was, that was a nice change. Cause yeah, I think, I think a lot of media that's come out in the last, oh, I don't know, five to 10 years, that's very, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's like everything else. And you just kind of sit in there like, Hmm nice if this just ended but this i was like this was fun i was enjoying it so yay plus Uh, this is my first time watching uh the film as well and i would agree with most of that in fact Mm. i i was very surprised with um directions that this film took maybe not in the 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 narrative um but it was really nice to see a solid film noir in the modern day uh it was yeah. following a lot of those like conventions but just uh there were pokemon instead of like wisecracking chicago gangsters or, or whatever it was um it was it was really fun it, it is a really fun film um and david i can absolutely see why you'd want to watch this feel birthday film it, it is a really fun film I have I had no input on it. <laughs> You're like I like it too. Like that's all there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for agreeing with me that this is a fun film. Mm. I, look, it's. I mean, the plot is actually. Um, it, it's thin. interesting. I, it's thin, but. But it's, it's a also... film noir. They all follow the same plot. That's kind of the whole point. But it's hitting all of those beats, and you're like, oh, like you've got like your femme fatale character, but it's not really playing into that like sexy, sexy woman thing, which is nice for once. And you've got all these other elements that you're like, this is a familiar thing, but I'm enjoying it. So yeah, it was yeah. thin. It was thin, but it was thicker than the only other Pokemon film which I've seen, which was Pokemon the first movie, the one from 20 years ago. Because um, that, at least from memory, I don't remember having much in the way of uh, of narrative uh, girth. This, at the very least, you know, it had a couple of red herrings, a couple of leads here and there. 
It was, yeah. Uh, it was like, funny. all the Pokemon movies are just so bad. And, like, I love Pokemon, but, like, I, I watched, um, what is it? Pokemon Mewtwo Evolution or something. Like, they basically remade the first one to be, like, mm. CGI and didn't really change much. Okay. And you're like, wow. It's <laughs> like a bad Disney remake. It's 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 very bad. Um, Pokemon is not well known for particularly good plots, um, but it is for children. Um, <laughs> like, I, mean, I did yeah. start watching it over 20 years ago. Yeah. This didn't feel like a film for children, though, um, that, which was, again, a really kind of pleasant thing as an it, adult watching it. Yeah, it, it felt a little bit like it's not on the same level as something like Shrek, which was like one of the very first like movies that they went like, we're going to have lots of like nod, nod, wink, wink for the adults and like, but still stuff for the kids. It's, it's kind of got, it's kind of got that, but it's less kind of adult than Shrek was. Cause Shrek had some quite risque jokes in it. This, this, this felt a, a little, this had a, I mean, had a couple or Buffalo Bill joke uh, in it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, it had a couple of them, but they were uh, like, it was a bit more subtle. It wasn't like we're like banging you over the head mm. with like a shovel with the obviousness of, of a lot of these. It was a bit more subtle, which I really appreciated and enjoyed. So yeah, lots of nice nods to lots of other things, but in quite subtle ways. Mm. So like, like cause I, ha- I hadn't picked up the, the, the Hannibal Lecter thing specifically. So mm. it's funny. Uh, says, are you going to turn me into a lamp? You know, it's things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, referencing yeah. things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's a few bits like like the whole Mr. Mime sequence and he's like miming, pouring gasoline over him. Like that was a bit dark, but it was also quite funny. But I feel like a lot of like really little kids watching it would have not picked that up, but the adults would have been like, <laughs> Or indeed so, the fact that Mr. Mime does the Sharon Stone basic instinct leg crossover as well. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah. did, did I just see that from Mr. Mime? I don't know how I feel but, about this. But, but again, that's quite a subtle joke. That's, that's like, because it's a visual joke. But mm. yeah, it's actually quite subtle. If, if you had somebody, like I'm thinking about, like a lot of people who would have been taking their kids to this would have been like, like our age or a little bit older, like people in like their, their 30s or their 40s. So, you know, I, I haven't seen Basic Instinct. I'm sure there's other people around my age who haven't, who haven't seen it. Hmm. So there's, there's things in there that, yeah, I think there was some quite niche jokes, which was nice. Hmm. I did. I do have to say, um, this was very enjoyable, partly because it, it went ways that I wasn't expecting a Pokemon film to. One of the things that I was pleasantly surprised about in this film was the performance of Justice Smith as Tim. Yeah, no, look, I, th- that was one of the things that I commented on during it, especially that scene where he's having his little heart to heart with Pikachu and he's like, you know, my dad's dead and stuff. Like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the lines that he had could have come across very cliched and he could have delivered them in a slightly more ham way. But it, it, he's got that kind of like Patrick Dempsey in Enchanted deal going on where at the beginning of it, he seems like he's very much a fish out of water. He's in an environment that's just doesn't match with him like he's not of that world and he becomes of it obviously throughout the movie but yeah he just really went for it and just played it like it was like a proper serious thing and I think it worked really well I think I I think I think all of the actors in this 
kind of did that. But yeah, he was he was great. He really carried the film really well. Mm. And uh, I, I, look, when I first heard that Ryan Reynolds was playing Pikachu uh, mm. in in a Pokemon film, I was surprised, but I wasn't necessarily down on the idea because Ryan Reynolds is a very good um, actor, particularly as a comedy actor, and mm. I thought I thought he did a pretty pretty excellent job as this electric rat come detective. <laughs> yeah, the film really benefits from what Ryan Reynolds brings to it. But this film, it's not just it's not just a Pokemon film. It's an adaptation of a Pokemon game specifically um, oh, okay. of the same name. Um, and in it, yeah, um, I have it. Uh, I haven't finished it, um, but. <laughs> Uh, Detective Pikachu actually has a very classic noir gruff voice. Mm. And he's like, hey, we got to look for clues. It's very weird. And I feel like this movie would just be super bizarre if we had this like chain smoking Pikachu in the middle of what is very much like a kind of just cute fantasy world. Mm. Yeah. That is a, a little grittier than its origins. But London with uh, London with a nice couple of bits of set dressing over the top to make it look like it could be possibly another city. But I'm like, that's the what's the name of that building, Stephen? Uh, oh, the Gherkin. Yeah, the Gherkin. Mm. It's the one that's shaped a like a gherkin. Name. Well, you know, you build, <laughs> you build a giant dill pickle in the middle of your city, and yeah, people are either going to call it the dill pickle, the gherkin, or something much worse. David. <laughs> Hello. You are a Pokemon fan, I think that's fair to say. Yes. So, when this film came out, in the heady days of 2019, when human beings were allowed to share cinemas together and things like that, um, what was that experience like? Because I, I, I remember the feedback generally being that Detective Pikachu was actually quite a good film. And what was it like as a fan with a back catalogue of other not-so-great films to suddenly have something where it's like, oh, this is good? Uh, it, was, it was fun. Um, it was pretty joyous. Um, there's like lots of like, nostalgia. Um, and it's just a simple joy just to be able to see Pokemon on, like, look kind of realistic. Um, like I remember like ever since I was a small child, I wanted a live action Pokemon film. Mm. Um, mm. like, and as a film major and a writer, I've also like thought a lot about what I would do as the, as a Pokemon film script writer. Mm. Um, so it was, it was just cool. And I was just like sitting in cinemas being like, ah, oh, yes, cool. There's, there's like Marchamp and ah, oh, this Snorlax is blocking the road, much like like in the video games. Like mm. there's just like small references just scattered here and there. Um, just like there's just many layers um, of sort of fan service, I guess, for longtime fans. Like um, the bit where they're fighting in the arena, like the underground cage fight, um, and um, Detective Pikachu is just like, ah, oh, I'll just throw this magic up and uh, I just need to give it some pressure. Um, like immediately reminds me of the episode where James from Teen Rocket gets swindled into buying a magic up like when he's on like a on a cruise ship. Mm. Um, and then he's just like, This is useless, and he kicks it. 
and then it immediately evolves into Gyarados, at which point <laughs> he's angered it and it like blows him away in a twister. Right. So th- again, that's that's a reference to that then in in this film when Detective Pikachu is kicking it, going, "I've heard this works." Yeah, pretty much. Just oh, you just kick good. it enough, and bam, it's incredibly dangerous. Well, that's, I that's mean, yeah, lovely. I mean, I I really liked the look of the the Pokemon in this. Um, mm. I I think they they didn't stray too far into trying to make them look like they were of our world. It was very much set up, this is another world where humans and Pokemon are together. Mm. And um, I, 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 at least as a first time viewer, I thought that they all looked pretty good. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? A couple the of them were a bit creepy. A couple of them were a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um, but generally, generally not too, generally there, there wasn't any that I was like, oh no, that's wrong. I think there was maybe like one where I was like, but I can't remember which one it was. Wasn't yeah, Gengar, I, I thought it was it. Yeah, I think it might have been actually. I was a bit like, oh, I don't quite like what they've done with the teeth there. That's a bit. There's something about the teeth that was a bit weird. Mm. But yeah, when it, when they first started rocking up in like large amounts, like when you came into the city, um, it reminded me a little bit of the Pokemon Go game when you put it into the AR mode and they like appear on your sidewalk or your, you know, whatever, wherever you happen to have your phone. Um, yeah, the Pokemon Go one just seems like a slightly lower resolution version of the ones that they had in the film. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of like that was, that was kind of how it felt like they were sort of there, but they didn't look entirely a hundred percent realistic, but I think that worked because I think if they were hyper realistic, they would have looked really creepy and terrifying. And there's obviously a line you have to walk when you're incorporating live action and computer generated characters, much like any film where mm. you've got um, animated characters with, 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 with live action actors as well. And there were a few bits of just general CG where I was like, this is like very obviously green screen. This effect is not super great, but it didn't detract from kind of the overall feel of the film. But yeah, I, th- I think this is definitely up there in terms of, obviously there was a lot of green screen to get these guys to, to kind of get that look. Mm. And I think it, I think I think it's I think it's done really well for the most part. There's only one or two bits of the CG that I was like, eh, mm. not great. But I, I do have to ask, what was the thing that surprised you most about this film? Because I, I wrote down quite a few, but I, I'm just curious, what was the thing that surprised you most? I don't know. There was there was lots of stuff. I'm I'm sure I was very annoying in the first ten minutes because every time a Pokemon turned up that I knew the name of, I was like, oh look, it's this thing. Oh look, it's this thing. And then you were actually asking me, Stephen, what's this one? What's this one? I'm like, uh, some of them I don't know. Hmm. I don't have that one in Pokemon Go, so I don't know what its name is. Yeah, I'm um, only familiar with the original hundred and fifty odd. So anything beyond that, I was like, what 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 the hell's a Sneasel? Yeah, we're not we're not quite up to the later generations in Pokemon Go yet. Mm. Oh, I yeah. Um, <laughs> I I I really like that. Like this really had the the chance quite a lot. There's so many times that you're adapting like what is basically a cartoonish, very simplistic creature into real life and so like nearly every single pokemon had the opportunity to become an original sonic mm. nightmare yeah and mm. i'm so glad they they avoided that um my main gripe though like like the, uh, what the 
I've immediately forgotten what the monkeys are called. Apom. Uh, Apom. Yeah. Apom. Yeah. Um, they were a bit creepy. Um, and in the bar, the Ludicolo that's serving them, I, mm. it's so, I hate it. It so, stands out for me as so bad. That was the, then again, the duck in the sombrero, was it? Yeah, it's the duck in the sombrero, and it just looks really sort of nightmarishly sick. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have but to look to them fair, up. Then. I've never seen. I've never. I've not I, seen a cartoon one, so I'm gonna have to, to look. To be that fair, up. I I don't like the original Ludicolo anyway. Like it's a. It's like a pineapple duck sombrero. Like it's it's just oh, those three elements just yep. shoved together. Yep, I've just, and I'm just seen. I'm like, I just don't like it. <laughs> I've just seen an image for the first time of the water grass type Pokemon introduced in Generation Three. Um, I I think I prefer the film version. I do not like this little cartoon <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's just ugly. <laughs> it's it is. That's a scary looking thing. Um, yeah, I, I quite like the design. I, I think the thing that surprised me there were two moments that really stood out. One was the forest coming to life and being all Inception-like, even though you knew that they'd set up earlier that there were probably going to be bigger versions of the um, the, the grass turtles. Again, I don't know the name. Torterra. Torterra, thank you. Um, but that whole sequence was so good. Like, just as like a good action set piece. I was surprised how was well a good action set piece. put together yeah. that was. I was like, this is great. I'm having a great time. That was That was the thing. The other thing I wasn't expecting was... Mewtwo to be played by Bill Nye, uh, <laughs> at least for a little bit, because yeah, that that was a uh, Bill Nye being in this was a real head spin. Um, fun fact: Bill Nye didn't know what Pokemon was, um, and then being part of the film, he just got really into it. He downloaded Pokemon Go and just started reading about it, and he's just like, "I love Pokemon; it's so great." That's the best. Was just, yeah. Oh, that's so, so good. Goes from like. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just in this film to like I love this franchise. I love it a lot. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, because I, I, I it is funny how often you get actors like uh, I think the classic example is Ray Fiennes as as Voldemort. Um, mm. Never read a Harry Potter book before he started doing the filming, so his interpretation mm. of that character was based entirely on the scripts and how the director mm. and um, you know the fellow sort of like conversations that go from a film aspect. He was informed by that. He didn't read the book, so he didn't have this preconceived idea of what Lord Voldemort should be. Um, mm. And he did a great job, I think, in those films. But it's really nice to hear that you have an actor that's kind of brought in and goes, oh, actually, this is really cool. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this. And um, I mean, I, I think Bill Nye is great in pretty he's much everything. Great. I he's love in. him. Really great actor. Um, and I did like the the sort of double cross between Howard and Roger playing the Murdochs, sorry, what are their actual names? Playing the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Cliffords, sorry, the Cliffords. Um, Cliffords, yeah. yeah not like Rupert the big and James dog, Murdoch. yeah, yeah, yeah. Howard and Roger Clifford. Um, I, I just really enjoyed all of that um, uh, double crossing evil nature. And, and the, the creepy ultimate... Ditto version of his son with the little beady eyes. I was yeah, like, oh. Okay. That, that, that is was, something that else was, that we have to discuss. That was quite disturbing. That um, was quite disturbing. Yeah, the the ditto. That's, oh, <laughs> that's also like, a um. 
yeah. reference to old old an old episode because Ditto is actually meant to be able to perfectly replicate, and then there's an episode where Ash has to help a Ditto that can replicate everything but its like eyes mm. and mouth, nice. and so they're like trying to get it to transform into different things to sort of teach it how to yeah. do like the one thing Ditto does. Mm. And it mm. just turns into this really weird, creepy thing, and I love um, how awful it looks like in real life it reminds me of Coraline yeah yes. yeah yes like the button eyes that's exactly it it's so unsettling yeah that was weird I was like oh I'm very uncomfortable with this I don't like this yeah I really liked how they, they kind of utilized obviously like you know they had like the fire department had like squirtles working with them and they had the um was it the Machamp who was like doing like stopping traffic I was like oh, of course perfect so many arms that makes so much sense and then obviously the Ditto was like part of like the double crossing team and was changing between people. I really liked how they went, well, here's all these abilities that these Pokemon have. How then do we then apply them into this world and sort of utilize them? And I think a lot of those were like, oh yeah, like obviously like they were quite clever and just made the whole world kind of come together, which was really nice. Mm. I, I think this film is actually really um, worth watching not, having a huge idea of what's going to happen going into it. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a really pleasant surprise, at least from, from my experience of knowing virtually nothing. And I'm just saying that now, just in case anyone's listening, because we are about to discuss essentially the big revelation in this film. So, oh yeah. The big plot twist. Yeah. So the pause second here. big plot twist. Yeah. Um, because. Okay, they should have got... watched the film by now, Steve. They should have, but some don't. <laughs> Okay, they've gone. Good. Okay. Um, the, the revelation of the fact that Detective Pikachu is, in fact, the missing, presumed dead father of Tim, Harry Goodman. Mm. Um, I really like... So many layers of neglectful fathers. Yeah, there's a lot of that. So many parallels. Mm. Did anyone predict it? Stephen did. Yeah, I And did. he said it, and I went, yes. oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm the kind of person who I don't try and, like, there was a few things that were happening, and I was like, oh, like, as soon as they had the Macy's Day Parade, big Pokemon balloons, I'm like, oh, they filled it with the gas. Like, some things, like, are obvious enough that I would just pick up on it. But normally, if I'm watching a movie, I'm not trying to necessarily analyze what's going to happen next. And so when Stephen went this, and I went, oh, that makes sense. But I hadn't pieced that together until... And, and when did you say that to me? Um, I, I only said it about just just before the big final action sequence because yeah. I didn't want to... When I was basically super confident that's how it was going to turn out because I also didn't want to like spoil your expectations of the film necessarily. But it started kind of percolating in my mind around the time of um, just after they, they'd been arrested for being at the illegal underground Pokemon fight. Um, oh, yeah. And the, and the fact that we, we hadn't seen a body. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay, and you're but, like, if there's no body, then he can't be dead. A little bit. But I was also going, but how does the mind end up inside a Pikachu or something like that? And then within the next... 10, 15 minutes, there'd been all these revelations about Mewtwo being able to do this. And it was like, oh, okay, this is where we're going. And it, it ended up being that. And even knowing that, or even having worked it out, um, I 
I thought it was great. I, I thought, and the thing that I really... It was well executed. It was really well executed. And the thing I appreciated about it is it, it was paced out like a classic film noir detective drama, like The Maltese Falcon, and and kind of delivered and hit those beats in a really satisfying way. Sometimes when you're watching those, those old detective films, you do figure it out halfway through. But the enjoyment comes in seeing how it's revealed. Um, exactly. And, and I think yeah, this film like, yeah. honors that. Yeah, it's like it's it's kind of like what I said before. It's it's one of those movies where you watch it and like you're like this is familiar and you're you're waiting for things to happen and you're kind of like I'm kind of figuring this out, and then they're like yes you were correct and you get that nice little serotonin rush of like you were right you predicted correctly. Mm. And I think there's I think I think there's a certain degree of like enjoyment that comes a, out of that. This is also a great film to rewatch because there's a lot of foreshadowing, like yeah. The moment he meets Detective Pikachu, he's just like, if I'm alive, Harry's alive too. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's because you're Harry. Mm. <laughs> you just don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just, there's just little hints here and there. Just. Mm. Is it ever explained like, exactly why he like, can understand him though? Because I'm pretty sure that when everybody else is all like mind melded with their Pokemon, that there's never an instance where you have somebody speaking to them and understanding them. So is it just like, is it like a familial bond? Like what's the go there? Or is it just, it doesn't matter. Like it's just a thing that happens. <laughs> it's look, if we, if we analyze too much of this film, It'll all just we will fall just apart. find holes. <laughs> like <laughs> why, how does putting the mind and somehow also the body of like Harry well, shoving him into a Pikachu. How does that save his life? What is the point of that? Also, Why does the sun need to where be does, there? Where does the Pokemon's conscience go when there's a human in there? That's that's the I, thing that I'm trying to figure out. But when you said that, I immediately went, oh my God, is this like an Animorphs situation where yeah. like, the subconscious <laughs> mind of the Pokemon is just like crushed and like suppressed or are they like fighting against each other and they're all like, what's the go? Like, is this a really big ethical thing? But okay, but, in, but so, okay, this is probably going to like too deep into this, but if Pokemon can go inside Pokeballs, right, then maybe people have the same kind of constitution and you can like smush them and put them into vessels of some description i don't know if you could put a person inside a pokeball in this world but maybe the same rules apply in terms of like i believe that film is called classes. downsizing i believe that's what we just discussed there um but yeah i think it's it, i think it does a good job of like playing around with this but again not taking itself too seriously uh, because yeah you can have these questions but I'll be honest, I as a viewer, they I don't, don't really want them answered. They don't matter. Um, yeah, because they don't. <laughs> it, it, they answered the questions that were important to me, as a, I guess, as a casual viewer. Um, some of those other things are fun to sort of um, hypothesize about, and I'm sure plenty of people have. But just as a general viewer, oh, I'm doubtless. Like, oh, yeah, that, that was fun. That was, that was good fun. That was a good film. I, I got all the resolution I needed, you know, father and son reunited. That's lovely. Um, mm. you know, great. Oh, that, that worked really well. Um, for, for me, although the purple gas can flow. I, yeah. Anyway, there's, <laughs> it's just all these little <laughs> things that come up. 
Of course, the science is the thing that confounds you the most. How does the gas work? A little bit. Work? I mean, look, it's 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 fine. It can be a lighter than air compound. I'm sure. It's just an interesting. Um, yeah. It, anyway, we're 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 now doing the thing we said that we wouldn't do. Um, That's ultimately, my fault, sorry. No, it's fine. Ultimately, it's just a really good fun film. We're all in agreement. <laughs> then it's a fun film. We it, enjoyed it. Done. It's it's, a, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Review over. <laughs> It's a really fun film, and actually one of the things that we've not discussed yet is uh, the character of Lucy Stevens, as played by um, Supernatural Actress Lady, uh, whose name is Catherine just Newton. Catherine, Catherine Newton. Newton. Um, that was kind of the character for me that kind of felt the most sort of um, driven just by exposition and really hitting those tropes, but it was good tropiness and it was really good acting from Catherine Newton in the sense that it she felt like she was a character from the Pokemon world of the the cartoon series and yeah. it, a lot of the characters in this film felt like that with um with Tim kind of feeling like the real world person dropped in as you the, say the Patrick the, Dempsey um, yeah the fish out of water yeah but yeah um Newton's really great in in this I think she hits that yeah. balance really well Mm. And, you know, does lots of good running around. And I think it's nice as well to have sort of like a female supporting lead who is not just like damseling in distress all over the place, despite the fact that she's technically taking on that kind of femme fatale role that you would expect from a film noir. Um, they've kind of worked with that and given her a bit more to do. She's like the plucky reporter trying to do the right thing and find out all the stuff. And it's like, yes, we're playing into some stereotypes here, but it's kind of being done in a way that I'm not sitting there like, Really, this is the only like main lady with a talking part apart from the like bad scientist. Mm. So, yeah. But I mean, also the other nice thing about this film, I think, is that straight from the off, you've got your two friends, you've got Tim and his mate going to get the Q-bone and whatever else, and they're both actors of color. There's a nice balance between sort of, I mean, like the bad guy is a white guy, although he is disabled. And I was like, oh, I'm not entirely comfortable with that. But, you know, that's that's a that's a trope that gets played into a lot in these kind of superhero films and um, sci-fi stuff. You know, a, a lot of the bad guys are um, either have disabilities or they're queer coded or there's whatever. So like that was probably the only thing where I was like, hmm. Mm. Yeah, the whole the whole disability thing also mm. like annoys me in that like it's really weird that basically like it's not like he's a disabled person who happens to be a villain like his villainous activity centers entirely around the fact that he has a disability yes mm. and that he is like he's not just overcoming it personally he is now twisted in a way that doesn't make sense and he's like forcing and... it onto other people. Like I'm going to make myself like, I'm going to evolve myself to the next level. And all of you have to come with me, whether you like it or not and taking away their autonomy. And it's like, what? It's, it's quite, it's, it's quite strange. Um, mm. Yeah. It's just, it's just like this. No, I don't know. I don't feel like I can add anything. I just agree with you that this is just like an unfortunate trope. Um, yeah. The, yeah, but it's the 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 classic like oh, I have a disability, therefore I um, have become resentful in some mm. way, and therefore yeah. I must fix it through nefarious means. Yeah, and but, this also means that others must suffer. 
it, it mm. is important to discuss these things as they crop up, as they um, appear in films again and again. You know, the fact that pretty much everyone James Bond has a, has a beef with usually has some form of um, uh, something that would be classified as a disability. Um, and when you view... Or a mental illness. Back yeah, when you view James Bond films as uh, him going around beating up people that all of Akron stick, as it suddenly becomes a very different uh, text in which you can view somebody like 007. Mm. But... Uh, yeah, that's but, why he drinks so much. Yeah, to deal with the fact Guilt. he's a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a whole other can of worms, really, especially yeah. looking at some of the historical James Bond films. I would say that Batman also fits in that mold as well, mm. in a lot well, of instances. We're not talking about James Bond and Batman. We're talking about no, Detective Pikachu. Would you guys like some trivia about Pokemon Detective Pikachu? Yes. I would, yes. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, the first bit of trivia that we have is to do with the realistic style of the Pokemon. They were based on the artwork of R.J. Palmer. The movie's production designer discovered him while he was looking for realistic Pokemon designs on the internet and was so impressed by Palmer's artwork that he gave him a job as the concept artist for the film. That Damn. is a heck of a, a way of getting a job. I made fan art. You want a job? Yeah. I mean, when, like, if you were somebody who made Pokemon fan art, to be asked to do the concept art for like the new movie would just be like, like so good. Mm. I've googled him and I've I've seen these images. I love it. I've definitely seen these before. Excellent. There, um, people should Google his work. Um, it is a Somewhat more terrifying um, and realistic than uh, what made it into the movie. <laughs> a lot less cute, but it is pretty good. What's his name again, Stephen? R.J. Palmer. So the letters R and J, and then Palmer as in Arnold Palmer, the golfer. First thing that came up was R.J. Palmer Pokemon and an R.J. Palmer mortgage. So, Oh, tell well, me more. Can <laughs> Detective Pikachu hunt down the best housing prices for me in my area okay but i'm just looking at these and these pokemon are badass like they do look terrifying they look like hella scary you could not put this in a children's movie they would have literal nightmares but they're very cool mm. well they're very they're very dinosaur inspired mm. yeah i love that i love dinosaurs the next uh, trivia point actually relates to that though uh peter dion who was a vfx supervisor uh, on this film stated that in designing the Pokemon for the film, one thing that the Pokemon company was uncompromising on was, quote, all Pokemon, no matter what their circumstances, need to remain adorable, end quote. Well, they failed. Yeah, <laughs> they failed. Ludicolo is ugly. Ludicolo is so ugly. I mean, Ludicolo was already ugly. Maybe. Um... Gengar was the, 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 just the teeth. It's just, oh, it's not good. It's not good. I don't, who, who thought it would make it more cute to put the massive teeth on that thing? Like, I don't, who can I blame for that? Because it's horrible. <laughs> not sure. But um, I, I, I do want to say, we haven't discussed Mr. Mime much lately. Now, I think Mr. Mime oh, is, man. is the best Pokemon. Um, it, it, like, it's my favorite Pokemon anyway. Maybe not the best. Best is a weird qualifier. <laughs> But when I was 
into Pokemon. Stephen, tell, tell yeah, Stephen, tell David about about what you did with Pokemon Go. So when I played Please Pokemon Go, when it first came out in the heady heady days of 2016, <laughs> um, that first week it came out, I was a living breathing human being with a phone, so of course I got it as well, and I went out. And I was like, cool, oh yeah, got a Pidgey, got a Zubat, got another Pidgey, got another Zubat, et cetera, et cetera. I really wanted a Mr. Mime. I live in Australia, which at that time, uh, I don't know if it's still the case now, it was not possible for me to catch a Mr. Mime because they were region locked to the continent of Europe. Um, I still region locked. There was an event with hatching eggs, but yeah, carry on. Okay, so because of this, <laughs> I was a bit cross. I'm so glad we got you on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a bit cross. I was undeterred, though. What I then started to do is every Pokemon I caught, I just renamed them Mr. Mime. So I had about 400 Mr. Mimes, but they were all like Pidgeys, Zubats, uh, Pikachus, Bulbasaurs, because uh, that was what I wanted. I just wanted a Mr. Mime. Why, why did the Pokemon company hurt me this way? So when you went to Paris, mm. did you go and buy? Did you did you catch a real Mister Mime? No, I would. I would. I'd I stop play, I'd stop playing the game uh, by that point because um, they'd hurt oh, me okay. too much, David. They'd hurt me too much, and I've moved on. I got one from well, somewhere I, in Europe, but I, I don't know where from. I'm gonna check now. Mm. I'm gonna find it. I have like three. I um. I had a friend. I have a friend in um in Germany. So I gave her my password, ah. and then she gave me her password, and I caught her a Kangaskhan, and she bought me, caught me a Mr. Mime. Mm. Okay, I caught my Mr. Mime in 2018 when I was touring Italy with my mum. I can give you a Mr. Mime if you want. I'd have to re-download the game, but uh, I will consider it. Uh, but we should move on, because the next trivia point is that it was the Pokemon Company's idea to have Rhyme City ban battling and using Pokeballs, wishing to show a different and more elevated, according to them, relationship between Pokemon and people. Uh, they were also very protective of the character of Ash Ketchum and forbade any reference to him being in the movie, um, going as far as to forbid the character of Tim getting to wear a cap. Wow. Ah. Nintendo seems to um, try and exert a lot of uh, influence over its, its properties and I, not necessarily in a bad way in that like other properties have just been like yeah let's have a gritty reboot let's turn the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into the Transformers um, uh, whereas Nintendo has just been like we are a family friendly company please do not do bad things to our intellectual property mm. <laughs> kids whatever we do That's kids will, should be able to watch it um, mm. So even though this is a, a a bit more adult than other Pokemon, it's still like the kind of thing you could take a child to. Yeah, yeah. So it's understandable mm. they would be like, no, definitely like a family uh, we're gonna, thing. Yeah, a few things off the table. Mm. Would you guys like to hear some of the alternate casting options for the role of Detective Pikachu? Heck yeah! Yes. Okay, so these are what I want from you guys is not so much whether or not you think they would be better than Ryan Reynolds, just whether or not you think they could have played the character well. Uh, and the first one okay. is Dwayne the Rock Type Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a fun film. 
That would have been very funny. I think I would have enjoyed that. That would have been a great reveal at the end as like his dad is (laughs) like six foot tall and fully jacked. Yeah. He's he's basically a machamp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mark Wahlberg. He's also good. Marky Mark. Could have seen him doing it. It's not a nice strong Boston accent. Um, the third one is Hugh Jackman. But would he have done it with the Australian accent? Because that would have been really fun. Mm. Or would he have, or would he have gone more like the Logan style, like Wolverine mm. American accent? Yeah. Just It just mimicked the gruffness of the video game Detective <laughs> Pikachu. Mm. Well, well, the fourth option um, is is the one that uh, was actually quite prevalent on um, the internet at the time. Uh, was that they a lot of people wanted Danny DeVito to play Detective Pikachu? <laughs> hey, kid, that would have been like proper film noir, like hey, but mm. and and then what would they have that done then? Have like great. dubbed dubbed his voice over the top of somebody else because he would look way too old to be that kid's dad. <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah. Would have had to, to have been a bit different. I just imagine like a, a, a transformation and they just like put Pikachu ears on Danny DeVito and he just like squats down just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me a coffee. I'm, I'm cute and stuff. Hey, come back here. Um, running so around with what you're little... describing is just Phil from Hercules, essentially. Yeah, he yeah. also play. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it would be, um, <laughs> from trainer to trainee. The fans uh, started doing petitions on the internet. Devito claimed in an interview he had no idea what Pokemon was. Uh, it was later revealed that Devito was considered for the role, with the movie's visual effects team actually doing early character animations to recordings of his lines from other films. One of the movie's producers even said that the spirit of Danny DeVito, I promise you, is still inside of Pikachu when it came to crafting the character's personality. That's interesting. (laughs) I just really like that, you know, this is a film where they fuse people with Pokemon and he claims that the spirit of Danny DeVito might be trapped in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like his Horcrux. Mm. Yeah, he'll never die unless you, know, they, you could like they, d- destroy that and re- rear Perlman. That's that's he's invincible otherwise. <laughs> They've um, there's talks about a sequel to Detective Pikachu because oh, yeah. you know it, everyone makes franchises now. If correct, like it makes money. What are they gonna do? Is Mewtwo just gonna? Is his dad just gonna have another car accident and? Are they just going to find a crystal that shoves Harry back into Pikachu? Like, I, it doesn't, why, it's just, I'm so confused by what is going to be the the very premise of the Harry's dad also disappeared mysteriously, and they go and hunt for him and find him trapped inside a a war turtle or something like that, and that is (laughs) played by Danny Danny DeVito. DeVito. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. I would be so down for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've done it. In fact, because we, we, we have come to the end of this review, 
before we get to the scores, David Cox, you said earlier in this program, you had ideas for potentially how you would do a Pokemon film. <gasps> oh, um, yes. Could you could you please pitch it to me? Pretend I'm pretend I'm a Hollywood film big shot who sat here going like, "All right, David Cox, we hear you. You're pretty good with your being married recently and baking cakes that look like Scott Morrison." So, go on then, tell us. Uh, you want to make a Pokemon movie? What well, what's it going to be like? Um. I have to half remember it. Um, well, interestingly enough, I also had the idea that our main character wouldn't be Ash. Mm. I, I like because um, in the in the TV series, Ash is like permanently a child, and every time he goes to a new region, he somehow just forgets his type matchings, and it's ridiculous. So I had this this idea that Ash would be more of like a, a mentor figure. Um, but not like a super involved one. And we would have this like other character um, who starts their journey afresh um, and gets, instead of Pikachu, we'd have Apom for some reason. I just thought that would be an interesting change of pace, having a, a, having a monkey as a, as a sidekick. Mm. Um, and it would be very much in line with sort of the... Uh, like this film also has like some of a similar background to the the very first one where like there is a lab and they've taken the DNA of Mew and they've turned it into Mewtwo. Um, but I would sort of, I figured um, in my version, we would still have like Team Rocket as this sort of sinister, um, sinister organization. And there would be, instead of like Mewtwo starting off as like the introduction of the film, that would be more of like a third act revelation after like the, the hunt for Mew. Um, and then to naturally to set up the, the sequel and the franchise and also to introduce new regions as well is um, I think it's team plasma in uh, one of the later generations. Uh, in It steals the concept from um, team rocket and is like, Ooh, what, what could we do with this? Um, and the sequel would be Genesect, which is like a bug steel, genetically engineered Pokemon from, I, th I think, Gen 5. Um, so that gives us an excuse to go on an adventure and traveling and introduce different Pokemon as well. Sounds great. Who's doing the voice? Do you want Danny DeVito or Joe Pesci? Who, who do you want? <laughs> I definitely want uh, Danny DeVito as my as my main character. Just a just a a digitally de-aged Danny DeVito playing a teenager yes. leaving home for the first time and getting involved in a massive sinister organization conspiracy to to genetically alter Pokemon. Oh, that's he just sounds beautiful. like a pack a day smoker. Like hey hey hey, <laughs> just like this little twiggy sixteen year old kid. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Go Pikachu, I choose you. <laughs> Use Bolt Tackle, which is actually Pikachu's strongest move. Okay. So that, that was actually good tactics then. I'm, I'm very pleased to that hear is, that. Yes, that is very much quite literally taken from competitive Pokemon battling in the games. Lovely. Um, guys, all that remains for us to do is to score the film. Uh, Dr. Ellen Sears, uh, this is your first time watching the film, and your first time scoring the film as a doctor, so this is a medically, well not medically, but this is a prescribed 
<laughs> score. Um, it carries weight now. This can be cited in film review. None journey. of my scorings did before. No, of course Aww. they did. What is the? How would you rate the dancing? Yeah. I don't know that there was much. Okay, how would you rate Mr. Mime's mime skills? That's probably the closest. Oh, 10 thing. out of 10. That was so good. And because I was watching it with you, you were like, yes, he's respecting the objects. It's so good. And that interplay between those two characters was so fun. I was like, this mm. is like watching a really good improvised scene. Mm. Just, yeah, really good. And um, Tim was really, um, what's his name? Jaden. Justin. Who played Justice. Tim was Justin. No, Justice. Just, Jesus Christ. I'm tired. <laughs> um, and yeah, so just, just Justice, who obviously played Tim, was he actually did a really good job of all the miming stuff in that scene as well. So yeah, that scene, definitely, like the miming, 10 out of 10. Very good. Hmm. Um, the film as a whole, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to give it eight deer stalker wearing Pikachus out of 10. All right, David, uh, what about you? What score would you give Pokemon Detective Pikachu out of 10? Well, <laughs> the thing is, like, it is, it is fun. Um, and it's, it's just nice to just see the, the things that I love on, on screen reimagined in a new way. I just really love Pokemon as a concept and there's funny bits. Ryan Reynolds is great, but also, like, the plot has holes and mm. really it doesn't make much sense in the third act and I'm like why has Mewtwo done any of this? Um, also why is the villain like this? So there's it's, it's this like half and half sort of vibe to it um, so I, I just want to give it six bolt tackles out of ten. Alright for me um, I I I did quite enjoy this film and I think that I, I have a lot of the same reservations, but I think the film did enough to make me go that they are only minor reservations. They're not me going, uh, you know, I'm not sitting here furious about like the dishonored plot threads because, because the film's not about that. And also the film kind of gives you what you want. You want a fun film with Pokemon doing cool stuff. And that's what you got in this film. And it was, quite well told it's quite light-hearted and it's it is lovely far from a perfect film uh but also a lot further away from a bad film than i think a lot of people were expecting when it when it was made um so i Very would much so yeah I, I would give it um six and a half mine immolations out of ten uh it was um it was it was we... really good I didn't realize we were allowed to do decimal points. Uh, well, you, you can know. do whatever you like. It's an arbitrary rating system. Yeah, can, if you want to throw a decimal point in, I'll add it now. Yeah, we're not. No, no, I'm. Okay. I'm happy with my six point six six. I'm happy with a straight six. It was, it was fun, um, and you just got. It's the kind of thing that you just. I mean, it's better than Transformers. Mm. There's still like this same sort of like. Oh, I'm just not gonna. Th yeah, but with Transformers, you're like, you go in deliberately not thinking too much about the plot. You're like, I'm here to see Transformers. And hmm. with this film, you're like, I'm here to see Pokemon. And you get the Pokemon. And you're like, <laughs> huh, nice. And But if you were to think about the plot comparatively, it is still better than Transformers. It's still 
it's basically the best Pokemon movie, plot wise. Because <laughs> mm. <And I laughs> they're not, they're not good art. Yeah, and they're I just think fun. I think it is probably probably the best Pokemon film, just in general. Uh, of, I mean, I've only seen two, but by the sounds of it, the nineteen in the middle are maybe not so strong. There is, there's a recent one um, that did actually get a better Rotten Tomatoes score, I think. Um, but I don't know if that's been released in English yet. Um, okay. Like they've been, they've they've taken a new direction with the latest animated movies that I really want to dive into and see. So, yeah, well, we'll, perhaps. we'll get around to that. But yeah. as far as Pokemon films that I've seen, this is the best Pokemon film that I've seen. Excellent. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our review of Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Dr. Ellen and David. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. This concludes our Patreon Appreciation Month. But guess what? It actually carries on next month because we always appreciate you. You're the best, guys. Um, yes, Patreon Appreciation Month is has been really lovely. It's been really nice to just do films as directly selected by people. Um, if you want to become a Patreon patron and help us decide other films coming up in the future or get some special bonus goodies here and there, uh, you can join that Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast we are also available on basically all podcasting or podcatching services look for us on spotify and soundcloud and itunes and all the others just search for the cinema catch-up club hit subscribe or follow or whatever the button is and you should get a fresh episode each and every week and of course uh, for news and updates you can find us over on facebook just search for the cinema catch-up club there give us a like and you'll get news and updates as they occur but that's all for this week so until next time goodbye Farewell. To the to a Pikachu voice. Oh, sorry. Say goodbye as Pikachu. Okay. Pika. Okay. Uh, uh. Pika, Pika, Pika. <laughs> Choo! <laughs> that clipped out so badly for me. <laughs> Pika, Pika. <laughs>